Terry Blackstock he is an award-winning and best-selling author. With over 7 million books sold worldwide, Terry Blackstock has over 25 years of success as a novelist and is showing no signs of slowing her pace anytime soon. Her gift for folding powerful messages of faith into nail-biting suspense stories is unparalleled. Uh, though in her latest series, If I Run, her protagonist, Casey Cox, isn't initially a believer. Tsk, tsk. The highly anticipated third and final installment in Blackstock's USA Today uh, best-selling If I Run series, If I Live, is released. Uh, it's been released March 6th, so it was just released March 6th. A relentlessly suspenseful trilogy that challenges perceptions, the If I Run series follows Casey and war veteran turned private investigator Dylan Roberts as they learn to trust God and grow in their faith despite, not because of, their circumstances. Lots more to talk about with Terry Blackstock. Hi, Terry Blackstock. Do you know how many people are so excited you're on my show today? Crazy. Oh, that's nice. How are you? It's good to be with you. Well, as I say to people, you don't know that yet. You don't know what you've gotten yourself into. I'm optimistic. So that means you've made a lot of money. Well, you know, it's funny because I came from the secular market. I was writing romance novels for Harlequin and Silhouette and uh, publishers like that and uh, wrote 32 in that market, actually, before I came to the Christian market. And um, I expected to have my sales drop, you know, to rock bottom because there weren't that many stores that sold Christian fiction. but it God has really blessed it. He He's just uh, you know made me more successful here than I ever was in the secular market. Good for you. Good for you. Okay, I had um, oh I got to remember her name. Hold on, um, Karen Kingsbury. I had Karen. Yes, I, I had her in my head. I was, I was right. thinking that was who. Well, she was on the show last year, and this is <laughs> I I got to be honest. I stumbled through that interview because you're you know. I have to admit this, right, Terry? I've just, I haven't read a single book of yours. I've, I know I, I, it's hard to interview a novelist, but I'm not here to just talk about my book, you know, and yeah. talk about my plot. Um, that, but I, I feel your pain. I understand that completely. <laughs> well, it was so. It reminded me of my grade eight dance. You know, the formal. It was so awkward. I just feel like yeah. a wallflower in this whole this whole subject. So. Um, if you were to say, talk to somebody, and hi, I'm Terry Blackstock, and this, this big dude, he's, I don't know, fireman or something, I don't know, what, stereotypical yeah. kind of macho thing or whatever, and, uh, and he says, what do you do? Oh, I write these books. And you really wanted him to read one of your books. How would you get a dude to read one of your books? Well, you know, it's funny because when people hear that I write Christian fiction, they expect something sappy and... Um, you know, real wholesome and real, you know, no conflict. And instead, I'm, I have written about rape. I've written about lots of murders. <laughs> and, you know, in this, uh, series, I have, uh, Casey who's, who's, uh, on the run. She discovers her friend's body, a dead body, and she is accused of killing him. And so she, instead of calling the police when she finds the body, she takes off and runs. And um, Dylan Dylan uh, Roberts is the one who he's kind of the Tommy Lee Jones character in The Fugitive, you know. Um, he's chasing her, and I kind of modeled this on the Fugitive books, uh, the Fugitive TV series, actually, that was way back 
uh, in the 50s. Right. And I have them on DVD, and I've, you know, watched them since then, and they're still pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of modeled these books on that, and um, I like the, <clears throat> you know, the idea of the fugitive and and the, the cop catching up. But, you know, if I saw a dude like that, you know, and I was trying to get him to read one of my books, I would focus on, you know, that kind of aspect, the the aspect of of what would draw him into the story. Yeah. Because I know that once he gets in there, he'll he'll get that that Christian element that I have in there and hopefully not feel preached to, but get enough of it that it's, it makes him think and start you know, pondering his own life. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Uh, now, when you're talking about The Fugitive, I mean, were you a fan of that movie with Harrison Ford yeah, and the one-armed yeah. guy and that whole thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And when I uh, conceived this series, I thought the first thing that came to my mind is I want to do a female fugitive. Yeah. And I want to have this girl on the run, and she's whimsical and fun and loves people, but suddenly she has to hide out hmm. for her life. And the reason is that there are people who, if she's caught, she will be murdered, too. They're, they're trying to kill her, too. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, and, and this guy is chasing her, but he, he's a war veteran. He has PTSD, and he's trying to overcome all this in his life. But he, he is a Christian, but he's following her and trying to catch up to her. Hmm. And the more he studies her, the more he realizes how similar they are. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, it's not a romance in the first book, but it becomes a romance by the second book. It's sort of a, a love interest that carries on throughout the series. I, I want to ask you about the time you were writing, and all of a sudden you went, whoa, hold on, dial it back. It's getting a little yes. too steamy here, you know, don't forget, exactly. I this is, this is Christian stuff, I can't be... You know, doing the uh, the, uh, the I don't know whatever the. So I want to ask you about that, but before yeah. before I get, we talk about that, I want to I just want to share my Harrison Ford story. I have a Harrison Ford story. Can I share that with you? Of course. Okay. So I'm I'm staying at my attorney's house down in in uh, outside of L.A. Uh, I can't remember the name of the town where O.J. killed his. Oh uh, yeah. Um, what's that called? Uh, Brentwood. Nicole I think. Says, Brentwood. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, big fancy place, <laughs> and I'm on the far wing of the house. And I'm in the shower, and, you know, they've got a big, you know, these L.A. people, they've got large top-to-bottom windows in their showers, like you can look outside right. or whatever. Right. So I look out, and I could kind of see the neighbor's property a little bit, and uh, and there's a dude walking around in the garage, and he's, put, you know, puttering around doing whatever, and, I, and I'm thinking, okay, this is weird, like I'm in the shower. And he looks my way, and I'm like, okay, this is... <laughs> So I wave. Eh, you know, what are you going to do? I wave. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm having a shower. Anyway, afterwards, I go talk to my uh, my attorney, and I, I was talking about his neighbor, and he said, oh, you met Harrison. So it was, oh, Har- my goodness. It was Harrison yeah. Ford, but then he also told me that the windows were tinted and no one could see in, so. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was relieved. So he wasn't just being rude. No. Or, well, that's, yeah. a, that's a cool story. That's- <laughs> yeah, no, it's just weird. Anyway, so. Speaking of weird, you're writing. You're sitting yeah. right. You're sitting there at at your desk with the uh, the glass countertop, and you've got pictures underneath the glass countertop, <laughs> and you've got the painting in front of you, right behind the computer That's monitor. Right. Yes, the, exactly. The bookshelf to your left. You know. Yes. Wow. Have you been in my office? <laughs> <laughs> um, and all of a sudden, you're sitting there, and you're going, 
whoa, I gotta, I gotta delete, 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 delete. Like I was, I got carried yeah. away. Has, has that ever happened to you? Yeah, uh, yes, that, <laughs> that does happen all the time. But that's a good day of writing, yeah. you know, if you get carried away. Yeah, yeah you that's want good. that. Tell me about something you've deleted. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just uh, Oh, Terry. Well, you know, sometimes I just love a scene and I wind up deleting it because I, uh, you know, it's not as great as I thought it was. Oh, okay. and I, you know, I'm in love with it, but I have to, you know, it winds up on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Who would be your favorite all-time, like if you were to write the best romance novel ever and it got picked up by uh, by Universal or something, I don't know, whatever, I don't even know if they're um, and who would be your best leading man? You know, who's your, who's your dream guy? Um, you know, I love George Clooney, but he's, he's a little too old. You know, I'm oh trying to write about goodness. people who are a little bit younger in their 30s and stuff. But, I'm, I'm, um, Terry, I'm, too, I'm quoting you so badly on that. I'd pick George Clooney, but he's too old. That's so yeah. great. Love it. Well, you know, he's younger all the time, but, um, yeah. you know. But, yeah, I, you know, I came from the secular market because when I went into that market, I was a Christian, and I started compromising. I told myself I was only going to write clean love stories, and I began con- compromising. And I would, you know, in one book I would say, well, they're married, so I can, you know, let something happen between them. But, you know, then I would describe it, which, you know, that's not healthy yeah. for people to read. And then the next book, well, they're committed to each other. And then finally, you know, over a while, um, I was writing books like everybody else. And I just came under intense conviction uh, because it had really taken its toll on my life uh, spiritually and in every other way, really. And um, finally, there was a, a day when I literally got down on my knees and told God I didn't want to write anything else that didn't glorify Him. And I, I know that sounds trite. <laughs> it sounds like, you know, something I, uh, I'm, I'm making up, but it's the truth. I mean, I got down on my knees in my living room and told Him that, and I, ha- I haven't looked back. Um, so I've been writing suspense novels with a Christian, uh, you know, a faith element uh, for the last 20-something years. Man, amazing, yeah. amazing. What a career. Um, Terry, I, I read somewhere not too long ago that there's a correlation between having a good imagination and having a, a, a prayer life of some sort. Oh, that's interesting. I wish it were true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a vi- very vivid imagination, and I can see how that would be true for some people because you can really imagine that you're, you know, talking to someone who's with you. But, um, you know, I find prayer to be one of the hardest things in my Christian walk. Um, And I, you know, I was comforted recently. I was reading a book by a a theologian, and he said that too. And I just, I thought, okay, well, that makes me feel better because, you know, prayer is, is one of the hardest things, especially when you're going through a time when you need prayer most of all. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, for me, that's when I seem unable to pray, you know. So um, I wish that my imagination, you know, drew me closer to God, but unfortunately, you know, that's 
that's a daily walk. You know, it's a daily thing that that I can't rely on anything but my heart. You know, just just to follow my heart and do that and mm-hmm. spend time with him. We are chatting with Terry Blackstock. Terry, who are the top three Christian fiction authors? There'd be you, there'd be Karen. I mean, is it hard to pin that down? Like, as far, how do you do it? Is it just sales or well, how long they've been would, going? Yeah, I guess so. I would like to think I'm in the top three. I don't think I am. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, um, I guess it changes every month, depending on what, who has a book out and, you know, how those books are selling. But um, there is a bestseller list that comes out for the Christian market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mm-hmm. want to know is, who was it that doubted that you could do it? I I read that in an yeah. interview you did somewhere, and I thought, you know, I find that everyone these days thinks that everyone should write a book. So it seems strange to me that someone would doubt you. Yeah, you know, I, I think a lot. I think everyone doubted it. Um, <laughs> I really do uh, because early on, when I was trying to, you know, first write a novel and get published, and I had been writing since I was twelve years old, um, I. I realized that people were not going to respond to that, you know, to my telling them that in the way that I wanted. So I just started keeping it to myself. Mm -hmm. And I decided that I'm not going to tell people until I get a book published. And that's, that's pretty much how it worked. And once you have that book in your hands, then, you know, people take you a little more seriously. But, um, you know, I've always had things against me, like, you know, when I wrote for the romance market, people look down on romance, you know, and now I'm in the Christian market and some people look down on Christian books, you know, mm-hmm. but that's, uh, that's what I feel my calling is. I feel that God has given me this platform through my novels to reach people in a way that preachers can't reach people, yep. you know, because, yep. uh, you know, thousands of people read my book and, um, and they've stepped into the skin of my characters. You know, and so they felt what they what they feel, and Jesus knew this. That's why he spoke in parables, because he wanted you to step into the skin of the prodigal father. You know, the who there was once a man who had two sons. You know, and it it's like once upon a time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so Jesus really knew that um, if he preached a sermon, people would they could be moved, but they would forget about it if. If he told the story, then they never forgot it. Yep. So, you know, that's what I try to do. I try to use that gift of my imagination to, you know, craft a story that that can teach them something about God to draw them closer to him. And that's I, my goal. You know, <laughs> I, I remember as a kid uh, listening to the minister at the United Church rattle on and it's, it, it was like a mr bean scene where he's in church and you can hear the preacher in the background who sounds like charlie brown's teacher you know and all of a sudden the, the preacher yeah. would the minister would would start telling a story and of course i'd i'd, yeah, I'd, I'd up. yeah i'd be right into it that's right um okay i need to ask you something personal i don't i don't okay. care i don't care if anyone else is listening right now i just okay. want it's just between it's, you it's you okay. and i yeah um I've had writer's block for about 10 years. <laughs> yeah. I, I, am, I have been compelled to write, and I am drawn towards that being the next season of my life. And I have written, 
But uh, there is, I just feel it bubbling up. Like it's, uh, this yeah, just sounds, oh yeah. man, I should just stop talking. Anyway, I know I no, should write. I get it completely. It's, it's killing me. It's like, it's just, it's going to come yeah. out. But I don't know what I'm waiting for. And I don't, it's like, yeah. next thing you know, a month has gone by and I've written nothing. Next thing you know, another month has gone by and I've written nothing. What is wrong with me? Well, you know, it may just be that you're a type A personality and it's very hard for you to sit still and do it, you know, but I tell people sometimes when they're like that to get a tape recorder and just dictate it, just talk into it and then transcribe what you've taped and or it's a voice recorder now. I'm sorry, we don't use tape <laughs> yeah, anymore. Yeah. Just get but, the uh, get the real to real dictaphone that they used on right, MASH. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, then transcribe it and, and then edit it, you know, and, and that's something on paper. You just need to, my my favorite uh, motto is don't get it right, get it written. And if you can get it well, down can, on paper yeah. one time, then you can edit it, yeah. you know, over and over. But, um, but it's hard for me to, I hate first drafts. And so it's very hard for me to get past writer's block when I have it. And, uh, you know, I just have to get it right. Yeah. I mean, get it get it written, not get it right. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah. It still doesn't help me because I already know that. I know I just need to vomit yeah. on. I, I just, I, I'm not a typer. Uh, right. I'm not. Well, I mean, I. It really might help you. There's even the app on the phone where I could talk into it or whatever, but it's just. Uh, yeah, I think I what know. I like. I think what I like doing more than writing is complaining about not writing. I I know. Well, you know, writer's block is a real thing, and I used. I there was a time when I didn't believe in it. I just thought, you know, you just apply your seat of your pants to the seat of your chair, you know, and yeah. just do it. But I have experienced it, um, and so I do definitely believe in it. It's it's a real thing, and it just you know it's just something you have to overcome. Well, uh, just before we say goodbye, I need to just ask you kind of quickly here, Terry, and again on the line with Terry Blackstock, award-winning and best-selling author. Uh, Terry, how is your daughter Michelle doing? Well, she is uh, still struggling. Okay. I'll just put it that way. She yep. um, she has a has had an ongoing drug issue for years, and um, right now we're raising her son. Um, so. You know, we have our hands full, but um, we pray for her. We have faith that God is going to use this in her life someday and and turn this into a positive. But, um, you know, right now she's just still struggling like like a lot of addicts. Sure, sure. Thank you for being... Yeah, you know, authenticity is a is a big thing for me, and I uh, once I heard that about your world because there's something about right. about you and your world that seems so clean and shiny, and it's got a oh, bow goodness. on it, and you know that kind of thing, right? And I know that's I know people enough to know that there's you know we're all battling something, and I, and to exactly. but but for you to to have shared that, and I hope she's okay. You know, you think she's ticked off that you're sharing? Stuff no, about her? she's okay right now. She is actually in a good place at this very moment. Okay. So. Uh, no, and she she you know has given me permission to talk about her at different points, you know, and those things are still out there, so I do respond to them, yeah, you know. Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, what a pleasure to chat with you again, Terry Blackstock, well, you and too. of course she's got this best-selling uh, "If I Run" series, and "If I Live" was released March sixth. Get it, TerryBlackstock.com. Pleasure to chat with you, Terry. You too. Thank you so much. Bye bye.